well, thank you guys again for being here. And uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to be in his house on Palm Sunday, the weekend before the resurrection. On one of the most important dates in Christian history. <laughs> Look at all them kids. Matthew chapter 21, we're going to pick up right here in the story of Jesus getting ready to come into the town, uh, and this is going to begin the, the Palm Sunday. This is why we would call it Palm Sunday, because of what took place and, and uh, what took place of Jesus' triumphal entry into the town and uh, setting up for what would take place in just a couple of days, so... Matthew chapter 21, and uh, just uh, as we as we re we'll read about 11 verses, 11, 12 verses, uh, uh, all the other uh, apostle or all the other gospels will mention some things that are a little bit different. Sometimes, uh, you know, you say, why, why is one uh, gospel different than the other? I, I look at it like this. It's like four, four men standing on this street corner and watching a car crash. And uh, each cop will interview each four of us, and each one of us will tell the exact same story, but it have our own flavor to it. And this is exactly what took place as these men, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as they, as they wrote their, their Gospels, they all saw the same thing, but each one of them told their story just a little bit different. And we'll, we'll read some scripture from the book of John as well, but... Just to, just to grab all of it and grab it all together. <clears throat> this, is, this is leading up. Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. We'll notice that. You notice that in John, in the book of John, chapter 11. Uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And here we are this weekend coming up and as, as Jesus is entering into the town. So let's begin reading in verse number 1 in chapter 21. If you can stand, let's stand just out of respect to reading of God's work. If you can. Verse number one, the Bible says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and setting upon an ass, and a colt of the foal of an ass. And the disciple went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought them the ass and the colt, and put on their clothes, and they set him thereon. Now understand the scriptures using the word ass and in today's wording, in today's vocabulary, people would begin to say that is a dirty word. But this, this scripture is not 
using it in that, in that vocabulary. It's using it to talk about a donkey. And, and that is exactly what it's talking about. Jesus told him to go get a donkey and I'll ride it into town. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Just so understand what's, what we're reading here in verse number 8. And, and a very great multitude spread their garments in the way and, and others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And, and the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Amen. Let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you so much for everything that's taking place this morning, all the singing and Lord, I thank you for that. I, I pray that it has prepared our hearts for the message of God's Word. And as we look at this scripture text this morning, allow me to say what you need to say. Lord, I pray that you'd put in my mind only those things that you'd want me to say. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to, to be able to preach the Word like you want it preached. We love you, and we thank you for all that you've done. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you so much for standing so as we look at this scripture, for, and just as a way of introduction, I'm going to, the introduction may even be longer than the sermon, but just as a way of introduction, we look in Zechariah chapter number 9, and verse number 9, the Bible says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of, of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, he is just, and having salvation lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt of the full of an ass, and you will notice that Matthew refers to that scripture in verse number 5. But as we look at this, the reason why, why the donkey, well, why did Jesus choose the donkey? Why did he choose to ride into town on a donkey? Well, first of all, it was to fulfill the scripture. Now, look, it is important that scripture was fulfilled. And everything leading up to Jesus Christ being on the cross and dying on the cross was to fulfill Scripture. And even when Jesus was on the cross, he was still fulfilling Scripture. And, and, and you will notice, I think it's Psalms chapter 22, that gives us a great description of what takes place on the cross. And Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. Jesus never stopped fulfilling prophecy when he was here on earth. And he knew that it was written that he was to ride a donkey into town. And they would say, hey, it's the king. <coughs> but he had to fulfill scripture. How many times in our own life, we're like, ah, the scripture's not that important. When Jesus, the son of God, thought it was enough importance that he was going to live his life by the letter of the scripture. And he was going to make sure that the scripture was fulfilled. And that what the prophet said would be done, how it was said, and when it was said. And it's important as a Christian that we live that life, that we fulfill the scripture. What does the scripture tell us to do? You know, it gives us a lot of things to do. And we ignore it. Ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that important. But I'm glad when Jesus looked down in time and he saw Zechariah write chapter number 9 and verse number 9. And that was a prophecy. He said, hey, wait a minute. We've, I've got still work to do. I'm going to ride in on a donkey. And you say, why do you make such a big deal about it? 
because it didn't matter whether the prophecy was big or the prophecy was little, whether he was going to be born of a virgin or whether he was going to be born in Bethlehem or whether he was going to be born with the, uh, the son of David. It didn't matter what prophecy it was. He was going to make sure that it was going to be fulfilled. And I'm going to tell you this, is that there's not going to be one prophecy that has been given to us that will not have had been fulfilled when he comes in the sky. And so every scripture that we read and the prophecy that's given to us today, hey, we can know for a fact he's going to, he's going to fulfill that before he comes back. And I, I, I believe that every prophecy has been fulfilled that needs to have been fulfilled for him to come in the sky. You say, then where is he at? He's coming. Bible says, no man knoweth the hour nor the day, not even the Son of God. <coughs> the day will come when he will come in the sky because of all prophecy has been fulfilled, but he would never come unless prophecy has been fulfilled. Now, you see, you see, that's why it's important. And that's why it's important you have an every word Bible. You say, why? Because every word is important. There is not one word in this Bible that's not important. That's why every prophecy is important. Why the donkey? Do you know the donkey represents? You know, when, when, when a leader would ride in on a horse, do you know what was getting ready to happen? Wartime. He was getting ready for a fight. Well, when the leader would come in on a donkey, do you know what that meant? He was bringing peace. He was going to bring peace. So I don't know about you, but when Jesus, why did he choose the donkey? Because when he came into town, he knew what he was bringing with him. And that was the peace of God. And the peace that passeth all understanding. He knew that he was going to bring with him salvation. And that salvation would be passed down to man so that they could be saved and have the peace that passeth all understanding. And he knew that he was the Prince of Peace, and he had to come in on the donkey. But there will be a day when he comes back on a horse, and it won't be for peace, and it will be for war, and he will fight. But that wasn't the day then, and it will be the day one day. So you see, why do you say this? Why the donkey? To fulfill prophecy, to, to represent peace. But then also, it's to connect with the local people. Yet Beth Age, they said that Beth Age, where that is now, if you looked it up on a map, it is just like a suburb, a suburb of Jerusalem. But at this time, it was his own village. It was a small little village, and, and it meant the, the house of the poor. And so when Jesus came riding into town, he wasn't riding into town across the mansions. He wasn't coming down, uh, he wasn't coming down the, 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 the expensive avenue. He was coming down Bethage in the house of the poor where the, where the beggars were, where the lepers were, where the sick were, where the halt and the lame were. And that's where he was coming, to the house of the poor. So he had to be okay with the locals. He would have come riding in on a fancy horse and a fancy this and a fancy that. They would have said, no, I don't know who this guy is. But he came in on a donkey for peace to fulfill scripture, <coughs> to connect with the locals. But I will say, though, that they missed it. You say, what did they miss? They missed what was taking place here. And I believe a lot of people miss it, too. 
Do you know what he was coming for? He was coming to fulfill scripture. Well, they thought he was coming for to be the governor. They thought he was coming to be the prince. They thought he was coming to be the king. They thought he was coming to, hey, this guy's going to rule our country. Hey, this is what's going to take place. He's coming to take over. And this is what he's going to do, establish his kingdom. But guess what? They were wrong. And you see in this scripture, and this is, and I believe this, and what he did next, after, after he came into town, you'll read it. In verse number 12, he goes into the temple. He gets ticked off because they're selling things in the temple that they ought not to be selling. They're selling things to give for sacrifices, and they shouldn't be doing that. And Christ comes in there and starts kicking things over and gets mad at him. Look, and those people who praised him were the same ones who crucified him just a week later or just a couple days later. But why did they do that? Well, it's because they didn't do what he thought they didn't do. I mean, he didn't do what they thought he should have done, and that was to become the king. They thought, that, that, that guy's going to be our ruler. That guy's going to be our king. And Jesus did not come to be a king. He did not come to rule. He came to die on the cross for all men's sin. But let me tell you this. He didn't stay in the ground, and he didn't come to die. He come to rise from the dead. And we'll talk about that next week. But don't you dare think that I'm going to leave him in the grave this week because he's alive. As much as he will be next week, he's still alive today. And every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. And every Sunday we worship the risen king. And he is not in the ground. And you go to his tomb today and it is empty. And he's not there. He is not there. Now look, I better stop because that's next week's message. But we cannot leave him in the grave. Don't, he's not in the grave. But as you look at this, this is what was preparing the week to take place. What's him coming into town? So he's riding on a donkey to present peace, <coughs> to fulfill prophecy, <coughs> to connect with the locals, and then the palm trees. Look at this. You say, what? Well, the Bible doesn't say palm trees. I know not in, not in Matthew it doesn't, but in John, but in John chapter John chapter number 12, verse 13, the same story. John says, they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. The exact same story, the exact same context, the exact same thing going on. And you'll look back <coughs> in Matthew's story. He says in verse number 8, a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, and others cut down what? Branches from the trees. What trees were they, John? John says they were palm trees. That's why we celebrate today as Palm Tree. Palm Sunday was the day that he came into town riding a donkey, a triumphal entry into town, riding on top of the palm trees that were laid down before him. The Bible tells us that they cut branches from palm trees and they laid them across the path and waved them in the air. They greeted Jesus not as a spiritual Messiah who would take away the sins of the world, but a potential political leader who would overthrow the Romans. And here Jesus came riding into town on this great day to, again, to fulfill 
the prophecy. But as we look at this, we see why the donkey, we see the palm trees, branches being used as honor and respect towards the Lord. And not because he was the Messiah, but because they thought that he would be their leader. But I want to bring out something this. And now to the sermon, I'll give you a couple thoughts and we'll go home. Number one, God used a donkey. You say, what does that have to do with the story? Look at this. In Matthew chapter 21, in verse number two, he said, Say unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway he shall find an ass tied. Go get you a donkey. God used a donkey to carry my Jesus. And you know what? When he came into town, he could have went to any donkey, and he could have went to any stable, and he could have went to any marketplace and walked away with a specific donkey. But he told him, he said, go to a specific house that has a donkey and a colt tied together. And when you see both of them, you go take them and bring them to me. And if they ask why you're taking them, I'm taking them to Jesus. That's what I'm doing. Look, and I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, he chose a specific donkey for a specific time, for a specific place, for a specific walk that he knew that he'd have to, he'd have to ride on top of him. You say, why? Well, God can use a donkey. God can use me. Look, <coughs> he, doesn't, he, he doesn't have to have the most fancy thing in the world. Look, he didn't ask him to go down to, go down to the marketplace and buy the biggest and the strongest donkey he could find. He didn't go down to the marketplace and tell him to go buy the, the best and the, and, the, and the strongest and the one that was pushing the most, the one that was pulling the most, the one that was praised the highest. He said, just go find me a donkey, and I'll use him. Look, God's not looking for someone who's fancy. God's not looking for someone who's, who's got everything put together. God's just looking for someone who would just be willing to be used like a donkey. You say, me? Are you calling me a donkey this morning? Well, I guess if the boot fits, maybe you are a donkey. But I'm telling you, if God can use a donkey, God can use me. And he doesn't have to be a specific donkey he didn't have to be the strongest donkey on the lot. I, I don't know. I, I tend to think maybe he was, the, he was the runt of the litter. I tend to think maybe he was the one that nobody wanted. I tend to think maybe he was the one that everyone shied away from. You say, why? Because that's who God will use. When everybody says, ah, write him off, God's going to write him in. And when everybody got rid of hey, God, I don't know about you. But if somebody comes in my yard and grabs my donkey, I'm going to, hey, hey, bud, you ain't taking my donkey. You ain't taking my ride. All right? Now, I'm not handing people the keys to my car because I want my car, and that's my ride. And back then, that was the ride. But here came two disciples. I don't know who decide, what disciples it were. I don't know their names. But the Bible says that those two disciples walked into somebody's yard and grabbed their car and took off with it. Now, I don't know about you as an owner. I'd probably chase them down. You say, well, what, is that? what does that have to do with the story? I probably didn't care. 
whether they took the donkey because that donkey was on his last leg. Well, that donkey ain't got nothing left of him. Let's just send him to the glue factory. <laughs> but God says, I'm not done yet. He still has a job to do. And to carry the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Look, I don't care who you are or where you come from or who, who lineage you come from. It doesn't matter at all. You can be used of God. If God can use a donkey, he can surely use me. You say, man, look, <coughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I know that those men let them take that donkey away. They let them do it. You say, why, why are you saying that to me? Because there's a time where you think God can never use me. Nope, I'm done. I'm used up. I'm on my last leg. But God says, I'm not done with you. Because as you look at yourself, don't you ever forget that God's not done with you yet. If you're still here, guess what? He still has a purpose for you. If you're still here, God has a plan for you. God's not done with anybody in this room yet. Just like God was not done with that donkey. Uh, hey, look, he wasn't done with him. I'm going to use you. But here's the deal. Is that donkey, and you know, may, maybe you don't know, but if you've ever messed with donkeys, sometimes they're, they're stubborn. Sometimes they're, they, they don't like to get along. They don't like to go along with things. But you see in this scripture, I don't see any fighting and fussing and pulling and dragging. Because a lot of times that's what happens with a donkey. But do you know what? If we'd be honest, that's how we are. Come on. And God wants to use you, but you won't let him. Ah, nope, nope. He can't use me. Why don't you just, why don't you just shut your mouth and let God use you? You say, no, are you telling me to shut my mouth? Hey. Maybe I'm telling you that you just need to let God use you. Because there's somebody that needs you to be used of God. Who needed that donkey that day? Jesus did. But Jesus needed a specific donkey. At a specific time. At a specific place. For a specific purpose. If you think for just one moment that God cares more about a donkey than he does you, you've lost your mind. If God's going to pick a specific donkey at a specific time, at a specific place, and have a specific purpose, don't you dare think that God doesn't have a specific place, at a specific time, and a specific purpose for you. Because he does. Because he does. And I don't know what it is. And every single person in this room is different. Some are more stubborn than others. Some like to drag their feet a little bit more than others. But it's not about that. It's about allowing God to use you. Guess what he did? Guess what the donkey just fulfilled? Do you know what he just fulfilled? Scripture. Do you know what he just fulfilled? 
You know who got to ride on his back? The Lord of Lords, the Everlasting Father, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, riding on the donkey just because he wanted to be used of God. What are you missing out is you won't let God use you. That donkey could have stayed home. And that donkey could have drug his feet. And that donkey said, nope, I ain't having that. But he didn't. And he allowed God to use him. And he got to fulfill something that no one else has ever done. And no one else will ever do. And you say, why? Because God has a specific purpose and a plan for you that only you can do. You say, God can't use me. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. What is God's purpose for your life? What's God's plan? I can't tell you. So I hope today you've learned something. That if God can use a donkey, then God can use you. So I'm going to ask you one last question. And I'm done. Will you let God use you to fulfill his purpose and his plan? Because if that donkey would have just stayed, guess what he would have done? He would have went to the next house and got the next donkey and put him in. You won't do it, then God will find somebody else. And because you won't do it, he may have to put you out of commission. You say, out of commission? I don't know. I'm not saying that's what would have happened but I sure don't want to be put out of commission because I refuse to let God use me. <coughs> God, I love you. I thank you for allowing us to be in your house this morning.